You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to the West End Frame Show, putting theatre in the frame and keeping you up to date with everything going on in the West End and beyond. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins, and today I'm joined in my podcasting studio by literally one of my favourite people on planet Earth. (laughs) She is so talented, she's so lovely, so amazing. But she couldn't be here! (laughs) So he gave me a call. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. She's been in so many incredible shows over the years. Um, she's played lots of iconic roles like Nancy mm-hmm. and Oliver. She's looking at me like death. Right? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Give me a death stare. Ah. Paul, uh, Paulette in Legally Blonde twice. Yeah. I saw it I saw it both productions. Yeah. Grizabella and Cats. Her other shows have been Just End, Carrie, mm-hmm. We Will Rock You, Footloose, The Wedding Singer, Fame, Avita, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> she was Regina in Rock of Ages. Please, people are going to guess how old I am. <laughs> Um, Regina Rockabaker's the entirety of its West End run. She doesn't stop. She was just doing Cinderella at Cadogan Hall and she did Panto at the Lyric Hammersmith. Welcome to the West End Frame Show, Jodie Jacobs. Hi. Isn't it warm in here? Oh, wait, I know. Maybe I'm just embarrassed because you just read out my CV. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I feel like we've been talking about doing this <laughs> for ages since we kept being like sat together at press nights, yeah. didn't we? And I kept being like, Jodie, you're going to come on my podcast? Yeah. And then Panto happened and Cinderella happened. Panto seems to take up six months of the year. Well, you, well that's for <laughs> you because you started kind of like preparing meals in kind of yeah. like October. Well, we started in October. Oh, well, then you were preparing meals then. <laughs> it was before. It was yeah, like I was meal August prepping then. Early, early October. We started like something like the 20th. Can you talk this through? Why were you, why were you freezing meals in well, August? Because no, I did Panto. I did the same Panto last year mm-hmm. for the same company. And there are, it's brilliant. And I love Panto so much, but there are things you have to put in place to make your life easier. And one of those things is not to spend your money in fancy sandwich shops on your way to work because you're tired. So I and I did that last year. I spent essentially a third of my wage on my way to work on slices of pizza for breakfast, which is the truth. So this year I made sure I had lots of stuff prepped and ready to go. It didn't a, always work. But. Are you a bit of a, like a home chef? I, I can cook, but I hate, I hate having to prep stuff. I like right. doing stuff off the cuff. <laughs> you know, like that magic. I'm not an organised person at all. Like the very least to go. I'm, so this that was big for me to set stuff in motion pre-contract. I'm impressed. But I was, I was impressed with... <laughs> I mean, that is organisation. Some of it was meal replacement shakes. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of it was we. I just made batch stuff and put it in the freezer and just went through it. And how was the show? Have you recovered from Panto season? No, I'm still. It's like jet lag from Panto, but I I love it so much. And this one in particular that I just finished. Who are you playing? I was playing Buttons in Cinderella at the Hammersmith Lyric, and I love that theatre. I love the people there, and I love doing it. And I was so 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 chuffed to be asked back because I'd done it the year before, mm. um, and it was a brilliant storyline. It was a very did she go to the ball? Yeah, she did. It was a queer foot, front-footed storyline. She get, oh. There was a lesbian wedding. We kissed on stage. They didn't shy away from anything. Oh, I love that. Best, which was the main reason I was so excited about the job. And I I loved every minute of it. It was hard. It was re- It's such a hard schedule. And you 
have such a laugh during rehearsals, even though that's hard as well. That that first week, you're shell shocked and you never quite get up and over it. I don't believe. If you do, you it's must be because you live close. But I lived an hour and twenty five minutes away, Ooh. so there was a lot of podcasts and a lot of book reading on the way in and out, and a lot of falling asleep on the tube on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like when you're in a show when you're in that? routine are you someone do you really look after yourself no. do you go into okay i've been terrible for 17 years and i'm only learning now the stuff i have to put in place to make sure i'm not oh like what like meal prepping and i i don't go to the gym i hate it but i will swim a bit just to keep a fitness level up and i walk everywhere uh, mainly because i'm always broke <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would got to keep it I don't care about losing weight or anything like that but just to keep my fitness level up mm. and uh, get my house needs to be in order my flat is varying degrees I of hot the same mess. flat where you've been for yeah I've been there and ages and you love that flat I love it so much but it's a mess you have to like crab in to get in and get out because I'm I'm a very untidy person. Clean but untidy. Like <laughs> there's dust on everything, but around everything, sparkling clean. Um but I learned I learned to get some stuff in place so that getting home was right. pleasurable. Yeah. You have done I mean I was just reading I only I didn't read out everything. I just read out like half of the stuff that you've done. You've done so many different shows. I've touch wood I'm touching what it said well it's wood veneer. I've been very lucky. <laughs> when I like read out that list are you? Does it? Does it seem real? Are you? No. Like, do you remember, like, who you were when you were doing some of those jobs? What, one or two, yeah, because they were significant. What are the ones? What are the significant ones? Evita was a really significant one. We will rock you, even though that was my first big gig. I still remember some of the silliness I got up to on that, and the kind of person. I'm a completely different person now. Like what? what were you doing? Well, I did a job at the beginning of last year a workshop um, with a friend who I, I had done We Will Rock You With right. 17 years previous. And we got on brilliantly and she's an incredibly talented girl and I love her and I love her her work ethic and her attitude and I love being around her. And she said something to me about what, excuse my language, what an asshole I was. During, and she didn't mean it unkindly. And I look back and, a, a, and ten, as she said it, I was hurt. But then when I thought back, I was like, yeah, I was an asshole. Because when you walk out of drama school into such a, a huge gig, I was understudy Scaramouche and Meatloaf as well. How can you not let that go to your head a little bit? And I like to think that I, I'm acknowledging my assholery and growing from it 20 years later. <laughs> That's the journey. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I apologise to anyone who has recently been uh, subject to my assholery. <laughs> Well, hopefully they haven't. That's the whole point. I hope so. One of my favourite things that I've seen you in is when you did Paulette and Legally Blonde. Oh, I loved it. That was just, like, you. Like, you were just... And it, <laughs> isn't your mum... Wasn't your is your mum a My mum is a hairdresser, yeah. So you were literally kind of playing your mum on stage yeah. and gossiping with Leopard Elle. Leopard, and lyrics. Yeah. And it was just you. And you did it, first of all, you did it um, in Leicestershire, didn't you? What's yeah, it, um, Kilworth House. Kilworth House. And I, that, was a beautiful, that was a brilliant production with Jenny Gaynor. It's a frame, a friend of the frame, and um, <laughs> a frame of the frame. Love you, Jen. <laughs> and then um, you did it at the gatehouse, that says yeah. the gatehouse. Pretty again. much straight after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I had a nervous breakdown in between. I'd finished Kilworth House, and I. it's a long story, we'll talk about it another time, but I, I was going through a period of not really knowing myself. We all do, you know, children, aren't we? Um, and I wasn't going to 
go back to work for a while. I was going to have some time off, and I was I was selling blenders at a, at trade fairs, and it was the worst. Oh my god, it was the worst. The company were the worst. The blenders were a lie, and the people at these trade fairs were horrible. Bar one girl that I met, and I was having a really bad day, and I met this girl who I had known years previous, and she was. Oh God, how to how to explain this? She so this trade fair I was at. It wasn't really a trade fair. It was a it was a yoga show. Mm-hmm. Uh, very zen. Everyone there was very cool and very chill and very you know new age. It was a re- it should have been a lovely vibe. Except I was tied in knots, and to this day I really don't know why. I was later diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, so there's probably something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this old acquaintance, and she was working on a stall like a, you have these stalls, as a, an om yoga practitioner. I don't know if you've heard of this no. before. Is there time to go into it really briefly? Tell, tell, tell the people. We need to know. Right. So <laughs> look it up. Right? It's orgasmic yoga. Oh, my God. Right. I so I was, it was basically, so the, the, the thing is for them it's not my personal preference, but live your best life. It just got so it's, much hotter in this Didn't podcast. it? But, I mean, we don't have to do it, I promise. Oh so, so basically, g- girls, it's it's quite female-centric specifically, if I've got this right. and You're going to get like loads of emails in saying Jodie's got it all wrong. But girls l- lay there and their partner, or, or not their partner, I d- do you know, I can't. I just can't. I but think- they literally will... No, I can't. It's too embarrassing. My mum might listen to this. Wait. <laughs> so Fast it's all forward. about pleasure, and so the whole, the whole, um, the whole concept behind this om yoga thing is allowing yourself pleasure. That we are worthy, whoever, whatever we are, however we identify, we are worthy of pleasure just by being born and being human. It took me a minute to accept that, and she said, "You start it like this. You go home tonight." Oh, she could see that was in some kind of emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. She said, you go home tonight and on your way home, you go into whatever supermarket on your way and you buy for dinner whatever you want, whether you can afford it, whether it's good for you, whether you should or shouldn't eat it, hang whatever time it is. And all I could think of was lasagna. And I thought, I'm going to have lasagna tonight. And she said, you just have that dinner Mm -hmm. and you enjoy it and don't feel guilty about it Mm -hmm. and don't make excuses for it. And that, that was... It, it it clicked something in my head and I was carrying this bucket of fruit slop to wherever it was I had to dispose of it and a, an overzealous security guard said I couldn't go through this particular door and I, I, I lost my shit and I dumped the bucket of slop on him. Not on him, like at his feet. And I walked away. I said, bye. And I never and I phoned the casting director at the gatehouse and I said, if that job is still available, I would like to do it. Well had you turned had you turned it down? I they had expressed an interest in me doing it. Um I had to audition. It wasn't like I, I if that job is available, I'd totally want it. It was like if there is an audition <laughs> yeah, available, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would like to do the audition. They had expressed an interest. I had said no because in my head well, this is a really long way of saying I was a bit burnt out. I had an episode because of a friend who does orgasmic yoga and then I had an epiphany and I was like, yes, I want to go back and do what I love. And then is that, is that healing? Uh, no, I ended up taking, I ended up, I actually did take time off, not because of, mm. of that job, but because of me. And I, I was burnt out and then I kind of pushed myself right to the limit and then had to take some time eventually. 
and now you're back in the game. I guess so. Yeah, but I now don't. I would never push myself to the limit again. Yeah, there's no point. And that's important. That's what we. All, that's what everyone has to learn in God, whatever so, career they're in. That like, was such a convoluted way of going round it. I'm sorry, talking about <laughs> orgasmic yoga. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wouldn't be a Jodie Jacobs episode. <laughs> if Usually, I'm not shy either. Are you shy? I, I was a bit shy oh. to explain what my what my friend did. I shouldn't be. It's not my thing. Basically, girls lay there with their legs open and. You, their partner rubs them until, like, orgasm is not the, is not the, the, the pinnacle. It's just about enjoying fifteen twenty minutes of pleasure that you ha- don't have to earn. We don't have to earn these things. We are we are deserving of them. I don't know why that was so embarrassing ten minutes ago to talk about. You, th- you mentioned your mom listening to it. Yeah, she won't. She doesn't. <laughs> she won't. I just won't tell her. Talking of pleasure, one thing that gave my ears pleasure and a very different type of pleasure, <laughs> I love a segue, is when I came to see your solo gig, which I basically, oh I think, if I remember correctly, I made you do that. That was you and it was at that, be- where was it? Was it the most beautiful yeah, venue? St Barnabas Church. St. Barnabas yeah, I've never been to anything else there like since. Or, or they prior. do do stuff there. I have done like, another couple of events there, but not And that was an own. evening with you just... Just belting, but not even just belting, but just being <laughs> hilarious and telling amazing stories. And it was honestly, I sat next to my friend Kaz, and I remember we just had the most amazing night. Oh, but you found you. it terrifying. Oh my god! You saw me before, I feel, I feel and you sick. were like shouting at me <laughs> <laughs> across. You're like, you made me do this. You, this is all your I was, fault. I was, I, I feel sick even thinking about it. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I think you've just had so many experiences and you have, you've learned so much over what you've done. But that you we have all so... have. And I don't think mine are mm. particularly standout in comparison to some of my other friends. I think you're very clever and you, you have a lot of, you have a, you have stories to tell about all sorts of things. Oh, and but I, everyone's heard them because I don't shut up. No, but I think you, 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 you should be constructing like one woman shows. <laughs> I think, you know, you'd be set out at the Edinburgh Fringe, for example. I, I, it makes me feel ill. I can't, and I, I envy, and am in awe of someone like my friend Suze Kempner, who mm. does that. Yeah, yeah. I think, and she does it year after year. And that woman is exceptional. She's got it in her. I am the, I am, I am the least creative person ever. I've got nothing. I'm a vessel. Tell me what to do, how to do it. Fine. I think I'm good at taking direction. And every now and again, a little bit of my own stuff creeps in. But to create something from scratch, but no. But I also know, I really disagree with you. <laughs> Wave your finger at me. <laughs> but we were chatting and we were setting up, we were talking about a couple of shows and you you have amazing opinions about theatre. I know from sitting next to you at press nights as well, <laughs> you always have excellent opinions and very clever observations, not just criticisms, but like, oh, you know, maybe this should happen or that. Should. So you are, you do have that creative eye. You are able to kind of dissect something. I feel like my, 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 uh, pool is exhaustible like if i if right. i do it then I, i'm drained for like but that could be to do with my condition mm, with my yeah, with the anxiety yeah, yeah. so if i give like panto completely drained me i loved it but i i don't i, st- I won't do another job now till june because <laughs> i'll be exhausted and yeah, i yeah. used to want to cram everything in and audition for everything and yeah. i'd have i everything because i used to love it so much and i still love it but mm-hmm. i have less I have to spread myself less thin now because yeah. I'm older and you can't, you can't. I get that. But I think that's important. I think that's a lot of people when they graduate and they're auditioning for everything, they're discovering I envy they them. Are. I'm jealous of them. I'm jealous yeah, of them so you, much. Then... How much they still love it and I see them on stage. I did a, a, a 
all that scratch podcast done a couple of them yeah, yeah, yeah. and i just see the joy in their faces how their eyes sparkle and i'm sitting i'm three gins down i'm like i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it and then i have to do it because <laughs> i don't feel the same way they do anymore and i wish i wish i wish if i could make one wish it would be that but mm. i still felt the same way I still love it. I just don't love it in the same way. I know what you mean. I, mean, it's, it's I said just... way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so happy that you're here in my little <laughs> studio. We have lots to talk about today. Are you ready to get a little bit stagey? Oh my God. So coming up in today's episode, we're going to be discussing Sarah Bareilles and Waitress, the screening of Kinky Boots. There's lots of news about Hamilton, Sister Act and Only Fools and Horses. Plus, we'll be finding out what's going on over on Broadway. <laughs> Um, okay, first up, we're going to talk about the news. Mm. So, literally, whilst I was recording this podcast last week with lovely Charlie, we were talking about the Hamilton movie. Mm. And as we were recording it, we were talking about the rumours, the announcement was made that Disney have secured a $75 million deal. <gasps> That's I mean. a lot of money. To secure the rights to the filmed production of Hamilton featuring the show's original cast. The film will be released in cinemas in October 2021 before being made available on Disney Plus, which is their new Disney's mm. new uh, streaming service. It's happening. The people are getting that are they, original. Are they using the original ensemble as well? Yes, it's literally they filmed the original cast, Fantastic. the original ensemble. Everyone kind of like two weeks before they all left. Mm-hmm. A couple of the cast came back who had left, like mm-hmm. Leslie Edmund Jr., Jonathan Groff. They came back and they filmed it, and then that was almost five years ago. So they've kind of been holding on to it for the right moment. I can't believe how how long ago that was. I know. It's amazing how how they kind of like keep the hype alive, right? Well, it's really good. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have you been in the show when there's been that massive, that kind of like crazy hype surrounding it? And it's like um, everyone's like obsessed. Not really. I don't think so. And I, I, I try not to, oh, we all say that rubbish, then we all try not to like engage with that stuff outside, but I, I don't. And I started in the industry before social media was a big deal. Mm. So I, I never quite got up and on it. I guess there's been a couple, it was, there was quite a big hype around Carrie. Yes. Um, that was a big deal when that came to the yeah. playhouse. So that 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 had to, but it, it, the momentum kind of never propelled it further forward. And if Vita was a lovely experience, but that was also pre. You did the production, which you did the production at the Adelph. I did, movie, yeah. Which was who uh, who directed it? Uh, Michael Grandage. Michael Grandage, and it was this new and kind of Jamie Lloyd was his assistant. And Jamie Lloyd was the assistant. Yeah, absolutely. got the train home with him at night. It was it, it was a beautiful production, amazing cast. Me and the girls I shared the dressing room with are still in touch. One of them's having their kitchen renovated right now. We're discussing <laughs> lighting features. Uh, it was lovely, but it was also 2006. It was before social media was a. That's true. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, even since West End Frame started in 2012, Mm -hmm. I've seen like the world of social media like completely. You have to engage. You have to engage, but then also it can be a scary place. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sometimes genuinely like a bit scared by like Twitter. It can be a scary place to be, right? Um, Other big news: you love a cast album, right? And you telling me about like road trips where you're like belting out Legally Blonde. Yeah, I mean, me and Simon Lipkin. Have have recast ourselves in every part in every show over the years, <laughs> over the years of touring together. And your highlights being, I remember when Trek came out. I remember when uh, Wicked came out many, many, many moons ago. We used to we were touring. What were we touring with? It would have been Wedding Singer or Footloose, and we. I mean, 
windows open because I can't hear you on the motorway. Both of us scream in the top of our lungs. Yes, I How do. How many love shows have you and Simon Lipkin done together? F- something like five. Rock, playing Rock of, of Ages, Rock of Footloose. Ages, Footloose, Wedding Singer, uh, Disaster, um, oh, yes. Oliver. Oh, of course, I forgot it was an Oliver. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Four. There, that's f- that five. Five, yeah. <laughs> but I, there might have been one more. Uh, there might be more, but it's definitely five at least. And we almost always have played opposite each other. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's happened. Well, we've got news this week that three, we're getting three new cast albums. Like, you wait ages for one and then three come along <laughs> at once. So the London productions of Nine to Five, Rags and Amelie are all releasing cast recordings. Mm-hmm. I love it when that happens. We don't do that enough in like London on Broadway everything gets a cast yeah. album or like even if it's a transfer from London I'll do a Broadway original yeah. cast album and in London so often we don't get one so I don't know if we, there these. isn't the we don't have the, the community the way they do and it feels like there's less of us mm. who love it mm. so maybe there just isn't the, the call for it like I'll skip back to Hamilton I love that show I don't know if I love it because it's something I'll never be in so I can just appreciate it and not have to wish or want I we me and my partner pre-ordered the vinyl when it came out, and it's one of our prized possessions. And I didn't care how much it cost; I wanted it. I must have, I had to have it because I love the show. But yeah, yeah. I think that I think we're a dying breed. People don't want to purchase mm. hard copies of things very no. much anymore. And I don't, I don't understand the finances of how much it costs to get these things. I know made and, and streaming. Well, it's interesting because obviously streaming, you just don't make the same money. No. But you look at some shows like Be More Chill, which mm-hmm. is about to open in London, and that a big Spotify and streaming played a big part in that show's journey. If, if anyone doesn't know, it kind of had its out-of-town tryout in America, was a kind of got slated by the New York Times, and then that was kind of like it. Everyone mm. thought that was the journey over. Then Dear Evan Hansen happened, some of the cast had been in Be More Chill, people found it on social media, suddenly everyone was streaming it, and it became like the second most streamed album mm. on the in the world on Spotify. And then wow. everyone's like, what's this? And then it it went off Broadway, sold out for the first preview, went to Broadway, and now it's coming to London. So, and I guess like Hamilton as well, it's the whole social media, like streaming kind of world, which perhaps gave it such a massive platform, mm. made it accessible I for a younger that, audience. I feel like Hamilton's a thing, like a beast of its own. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good and it's so different, and we hadn't had anything previous or since. I, I, when I went to see it, certainly when I still listen to it now, I, I think. That is how people must have felt when they heard Gilbert and Sullivan the first time. Wordy, like brilliant, yeah. um, brilliant rhythms. I, I mean, and it's really not my, not my forte. I just love, I just love it. I, it's actually my partner who loved it before me. He's <laughs> and he's not musical theatre at all. He was sat on the toilet singing it and my flat is very small. And if you sit on the toilet and sing, I'm going to be able to hear you. <laughs> I said, "What are you humming?" And he told me, and I was like, "Oh, sure." And I thought if he, a scientist from White City, originally from a tiny town in Northern I Ireland. I your partner's a scientist. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in there because I'm smug about it. But <laughs> if he was into it, I was like, okay, well, then I need to open my mind to it. Oh, my God, I love it so much. But, yes, I also love Be More Chill. And I, I just don't, I don't believe we have the same. It doesn't feel like it's cool over here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I know what you mean. I think it's cool. I know you do. Yeah. And a lot of my friends do. But I just feel like we, we don't... I feel it like has a, a stigma attached, I feel, loving I feel like musicals. I feel like it's a 
bit of a resurgence. And I feel like Hamilton and Be More Chill is actually kind of on, and Six, kind of on people's radars. Yeah. I feel like we're stepping perhaps in the right direction. I hope so. I, like I said, I've, I've disengaged entirely from social media. I, I pop back on there every now and again, mainly to see if, because we connected through that, and mainly to see if I've, if anyone's sent me a message because they haven't got my number or something. Uh, but I re- in comparison to two years ago, I, I'm hardly on it. And I feel like I have to, uh, my opinion on our sphere is skewed now because it is not the same as it was. When years ago, we used to talk to each other about it and your your circle were your circle. And now it, it has broadened and it, it is widened. Um, in other news, Ashley Gray is taking over from Diane Pilkington in the West End production of Only Fools and Horses. Clive Rowe will play Sweaty Eddie in the all-new production of Sister Act on tour and in London. And also, Leslie Joseph is going to play Mother Superior for the tour. And Dominic Powell's musical, Case will run at the other Palace studio this spring. The, I, I did the, that podcast I did last week for All That Scratch. They sang his ah. stuff, two of his songs. Fantastic, fantastic, phenomenal songs. I like half of your friendship group are in the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Maya Kwasner-Breed from Six is in it. Sabrina Alouesh, mm. the one and only. Um, she is in the show alongside Andrew Patrick Walker, who was in Brooklyn with Sabrina, as well as Adrian Hansel. You're doing um, Sabrina's gig, right? Right. Yeah, I'd do anything for Sabrina. She, she was, could have a kidney she was, if she needed it. She was sat in that chair and she talked about how much she loved you as well. <laughs> She's, we've been friends for such a long time. She was like, we've seen each other at every possible kind of emotion <laughs> I um, I really have. point of your life. We, we, there, was a, there was a period during Rock of Ages where I had a cyst on my vocal cords and we still managed to go out for lunch and I we just, did, we just wrote everything down. <laughs> Because we, I have enough of a connection with her for her to. I mean, and I was going through some emotional turmoil at the time. So how we managed to get through that afternoon without drinking, I don't know. But it, <laughs> we've been friends for. I do you know. I don't know how many years. Over ten years, which is like dog years in this industry, I guess. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's, yeah, she's one, probably one of my best friends. And I would, I would do anything for her. I love her very much. <laughs> Right, time for some show talk. Uh, this week I went to see Sarah Bareilles mm-hmm. in Waitress. You love a bit of Sarah Bareilles, I right? do. And Evie Hoskins. Evie Hoskins. I love a bit of Evie Hoskins Who was your carry. Well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So this is obviously, Sarah Bareilles wrote the show and she did it on Broadway a couple of times and um, now she's just opens in London. She brought her friend Gavin Creel over with her, <laughs> as you do. Lucky girl. When you're like the writer of a musical that's like a massive hit and you're like right I'm going to do it in London for a couple of months I have to say I've seen Rachel's quite a few times and I had kind of underestimated what it was going to be like to watch her do it yeah. how special I, mean, I, I, like I saw throughout Hamilton I saw Lynn do Hamilton as yeah. well and it's a really wow. weird thing when you're watching them you're like oh my god not only are you incredible in this performance but literally this is your creation mm. like you wrote these lyrics you're, it's a, like a baby isn't it you're attached to it in a, different, in a completely different way 100% and then she was riffing all over the place yeah. you know people are like riffing you know sometimes people are like yeah. oh it's too much it's disrespectful to the composer and it's like well she She's wrote did. it as long as the story <laughs> no yeah as long, say, no. as long as the story is still as long as you're taking away from the moment it becomes about the riff rather than about what you're Absol- the story yeah. you're telling yeah it's totally I wonder if it because I, I, I've seen it but I saw I saw Lucy Jones 
do it. So, but I and she was ph- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ Almighty, it was so good. But I wonder if it's a different, completely different. Uh, of course, it will be a completely different experience to see Sarah do it. Does it become more like a concert? Are you going to no, see? No, she her performance was amazing. She's an incredible actress. Yes, yeah. genuinely a really incredible actress, and was really funny. Her and Gavin's chemistry was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So no, it didn't feel. It definitely didn't feel like a concert or like we were just there for the music. I mean, I almost kind of forgot that she used to be mine was coming up. Yeah. You know, I was just so into the her other the other and numbers, the story yeah. and everything that was happening, and it wasn't about oh my god, she's about to sing that song, and then those notes start, those chords start, and you're like, oh, it's an odd. That song's odd, isn't it? Because when it first came out, I'm thinking. I think it touched a lot of nerves with a lot of female identifying people, mm. I think. Mm. But I've heard it so many times now in so many configurations that it doesn't feel or mean the same, just this is purely yeah, just your personal. personal to me anymore. I it, it has become a song... It's taken away like that first time I heard it's it. I remember exactly life, where I was. Like, yeah, yes. It's taken the song has taken on a life. It's, it's own, almost like me- memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from cats. Yeah, that when you see it, you w- back that within the show. Cats, yeah. exactly. When you see these songs within the context of the show, with the storyline, storyline in inverted commas for cats. Um, <laughs> you, they they are something else, but the song itself has taken on a completely different life, isn't it? Mm, so mm. it's that you forgot that it was coming up must have been quite pleasant. She did, and then she did it quite differently. Like right at the end, she went. I mean, I'm not going to sing it. She went. She went like. <laughs> she went. She really kind of altered the melody and went really low, and and it sounded really raw. And she just did some different things with it that I wasn't kind of expecting. And um, it was a real, real treat to watch mm. her do it. It was a real treat to watch her do it. Evie Hoskins oh, is just so incredible. She's so she literally is Dawn, isn't she? Yeah. That's such perfect casting perfect. for her. Because she's so cute. Do you know what though? Evie's such quirky. a brilliant actress. She, yeah, she could, could play anything. anything. But she is But she's she... so you know her, she's just she gets it the balance like yeah. spot on. And then her voice she just belts out those songs yeah. and has amazing, amazing chemistry with Joel Montague as well. Oh, um, I love Joel. I, do you know what? How awful of me. What a terrible friend. I'd forgotten that he'd got into it as well. <laughs> see, maybe, maybe you need to go back I and do. see it. I and do. see these guys do it. Um, and then Gavin Creel. I mean, it's such a luxury to have Gavin Creel in the West End. Gavin Creel is obviously a big Broadway star, but I think this is like his fourth show in London. He did Hair, he did Book of Mormon, and he did Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then this is his doing Waitress reprising his performance as Dr. Pometer. And he is so funny and kooky as well. And him and Sarah, it's so much fun to watch them bounce off each other. I loved it. I wait, Waitress is a funny one for me. I always kind of don't don't know if I like it that much. And then every time I see it, I actually do. I love it and I get so into it. And I always, can always forget what's coming and I have, find it funny. Have you ever seen the film? Um, no, I have you never seen the see film. You must see the film. Do you love the film? I love the film so much. I saw the film many, many years ago. Um, and the film has a very different feel. It's not dark. It's still, a, I would still say it's a romantic comedy, but mm-hmm. the film, a romantic drama. But the film definitely highlights the uh, domestic abuse storyline more than the show does, which I think actually, unfortunately, can sometimes be to the detriment of the show, but that doesn't take away from the beautiful music. But the film is exceptional. You really must. And there's a really, I don't know if you know the story behind what happened. Yeah, Adrian Shelley, who, of course, she wrote it, right? Mm -hmm. And she played Dawn in the film. And then she was was murdered before she found out. In a hotel room or something. 
before she felt so like she had a no success. idea how successful the, the film was it was a small indie film with like a mm-hmm. tiny budget and it really then took off and obviously now it's like this yeah. mega hit musical that's playing everywhere and I think a, 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 some, a, a, a program was set up in her name for female scriptwriter, female movie makers um, so if you want to see Sarah and Gavin in Waitress they are there at the Adelphi Theatre until Saturday the 7th of March 2020 this week just very quickly, I also went to see Kinky Boots. You know, they filmed it. Yeah. And they've screened they've screening it in cinemas for like two nights only. So unfortunately you can't go and see it. I'm <laughs> sure it'll be added to Broadway HD. What I love that they did is rather than just film they filmed two performances plus they filmed during the day so they got all sorts of kind of like close-ups mm-hmm. and uh, shots from like the back of stage facing yeah. out the auditorium which was, which was really effective I was also there for one of the one of the film performances and mm-hmm. you could actually you look carefully you could see my big head <laughs> And my Your bright, head really isn't that big. Well, it's tall, isn't it? So you can like sticks up, and um, <laughs> <laughs> on my big neck, and you can see my um, a bright, a very bright shirt in the audience. So I am in the Kinky Boots film of the musical. It worked. I thought it translated really, really well on, on screen. Yeah. And I could say, like, not my father's son. The majority of it was just one um, shot, one take, the mm. whole, the whole way through, which was so intimate and so personal. And the numbers like "Hold Me in Your Heart" and "The Sex Is in the Heel" were just felt so grand and the angels are so slick like there's no and obviously there's no for them to hide in that show on yeah. stage but on on screen as well like they were just all so in sync and so in point like drilled into them i i was always astonished i've seen it a few times over the year i had seen it a few times over mm-hmm. the years because of pals in it i, I i'm not saying this for effect i cannot walk in heels so what they those boys do in heels whoo Insane, like literally, Mad. It, they are incredible. How did no one break an ankle? I know. I'm surprised there They're wasn't athletes. kind of They're athletes. Yeah, injuries. Amazing. And then the performances from Matt Henry and from Killian Donnelly, just again, it translated really well on screen. That scene, do you remember that scene before Sex is in the Hills when Lola first comes to the factory and makes that big entrance yeah. and has the bit, has the first encounter with Dawn and Matt Henry's comic timing in that scene was just spot on and those close-ups of his facial expressions were just genius. <laughs> it just, it works so well and it just, it, it completely took me back to how much I loved that show and it was wonderful. I saw it, funny enough, in a theatre that kind of shows films as well so it's kind of in this lovely kind of theatre and to look around and to see people watching it for the first time and smiling yeah. and enjoying it and laughing um, I thought it was pretty pretty cool I'm really pleased that that's been preserved now and we can... I-, I wish they'd film everything I know well more and more they are I well, they I... do on Broadway don't they I remember sitting in the library watching Parade yeah. and they must kind of film things for archive but maybe we just don't have access to yeah. it can Although I'd li- I'm glad I can't go back and see some of the rubbish I did. I wish I'd film like Rock of Ages. Or at least I wish we had like a cast album. You got a film? You got Rock of Ages the no, movie? No, but I mean the West End That's cast. That's quite the same. <laughs> I was trying to be controversial now. Yeah. I I went we we went away straight after Panto. We went to New York, and the first show I simply had to see was Rock of Ages. It's still on there. I, yes, it's off Broadway yeah, now. Yeah, it was in New World Stages. Oh my gosh, what was it like to watch it? It was the best. So I went in, and the lady Nina Monshin, who's the theatre manager there, uh, I had no makeup. I was like, now, like I'm sitting in now, my glasses. You look in a, sh- Thank you very much. You're very kind. Lies. I had no makeup on. We hadn't been off the plane long. My hair was scraped back. I had my glasses on. I'm I'm not blonde anymore. And um, she recognised me. Couldn't believe it. 
I was a little bit embarrassed, and then I thought, no, come on, you're allowed, you're allowed to own this. Blah blah blah. I watched the show, I cried. Um, it was impossible not to. I loved it. I, I still love it. And they've changed some of the gags, so now some of the gags that weren't quite right work much better. Also, I was in America, and a lot of the very American-based gags worked so well. Yeah. The audience were mental, and at the end of the show, they asked me to stay behind, and I got a picture with the cast. Oh. Yeah, it was lovely. And some of the band knew some of our band who had said hello. It was it was really nice. We had some mutual friends. I felt very special, and it reminded me. Of, that was my favourite show for so, 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 so long. And how long did you do Rock of Ages? Was it three two, uh, Rock of Ages was two and a half years. Two and a half yeah. years. It crossed two with the Shaftesbury and yeah, yeah. Derek. That was a special time. That was a special show. And I've had quite a few of the Rock of Ages cast members who were in the show over the years. Cameron Sharp, <laughs> Ian McIntosh. I think who else? I've got Carleen in a few weeks. And the, the those fans were so loyal at that time. The roadies, yeah. right? But they were good. So, but Cam and Ian and kind of they they were I mean I was a baby back then but they were even younger than me yeah. and to, it, that was a big so shows don't run for a really long time in town anymore so two and a half years oh my god incredible was quite run. a big deal considering our reviews were absolutely horrendous <laughs> but I think it was just super mega fun and no one had to oh my god. didn't have to yeah. go in and think about it it had anything. an audience it was that perfect escapism yeah. and it so was... circling back yes I kind of I kind of wish now it had been filmed yeah when I think about it do Maybe... give them all my love did you say you'd had Cameron in I've had Cameron in, um, and Ian and Ian but I'm doing Carly's co-hosting in a few weeks brilliant She's a Give her, we shared the dressing room for a long time. Give her all oh, my love. Of course I will. <laughs> you like a Rock of Ages reunion concert or something. Well, do you know what? We've talked about it so much, but we've all, all of us have changed. So, like our trajectories through our career have, have changed so much. Be some sort of little reunion. I mean, I, I'm up for it. I'm it. available. It must be 10 years at some point. Eventually. I think we're at 211, 11 or 12 it was. Oh, so you've got, a couple, well, you've got about a year then to arrange some sort of reunion. Goodness gracious. That is scary, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> um, we've got a little treat for you guys now. So, MT Fest UK is now in its second and final week at the Turbine Theatre. Um, the festival is a celebration of new musical theatre from all around the world. And earlier today, I sat down with the lovely Amy Ross and Matthew Croke ahead of the first performance of Eurobeat by Craig Christie. Um, Amy was, of course, the original Nicola in the West End production of Kinky Boots and most recently started Alphavert in the UK and Ireland tour of Wicked, whilst Matt recently played the title role in the West End production of Aladdin. And here is our chat. Matt Croke and Amy Ross, thank you for taking time out of like your 12-hour prep time. <laughs> thank you. For you, Obi, to chat to me. So tell me about what you're up to. Tell me about this show. What's happening? What's um, going on? So basically, the show plays out like a fictional version of Eurovision. So it's kind of, you know, exactly as you'd, you'd see mm-hmm. on TV. But um, what's great about ours is you get that audience partition partition wow participation <laughs> can you tell I've been rehearsing lots um it's yeah so kind of at the end of the show they get to vote for their favorite act so so we all ha- have different acts Matt is Spain um representing Spain with his song I'm Ukraine um and then yes yeah, so the audience get to vote at the end and you get an encore of of that song which is obviously bigger and camper than the the I first keep, time we I did it I keep forgetting that that's going to happen absolutely <laughs> so I've got we've got obviously a very short rehearsal period 12 hours we've had and we open this evening and I keep going over the show of what I'm going to be doing and 
um, thinking, right, when it gets to that point, ah, breathe, can, you know, finish. Yeah. But no, there's always, there's a, there's a well, because we, we're in each other's numbers as well. Right. There's a 50-50 chance, I think, for the for the four of us that it could happen. I think something like that. So yeah. uh, more, more often than not, we're probably going to have to do it again. So. Ah. <laughs> and what's the music, what's the music like? Is it, is it all about it's Eurovision? It's very Eurovision, yes. Yeah, so kind of, Big camp, fun, really catchy. Really catchy. So so catchy. Yeah. I mean, every like your song. Mm-hmm. I you know if I hear them rehearsing, that's it. It's in my head. Yeah. There are lots of earworms, definitely. Mm. And tell me about. So is this part Eurobeat's been done like before, right? Yes. So this is like a new story, this or like a new incarnation version. And I think each time they're sort of changing, adding things, changing songs, tweaking script. Yeah. I think each time it's been set somewhere different as well, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so ours is set in Liechtenstein, still trying to say it properly. Liechtenstein. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because the way it's kind of set up is that they were last year's winner kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and But yeah, the last time it was done before this was, I think, Eurovision? Uh, Eurovision. Edinburgh Fringe. Right, and it won, like, it won awards. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and I think for that version, they'd had about 10 entries. Uh, so for us there's just four because obviously we're kind of condensing this down to about 45 minutes but you do have a lovely treat uh, of some excellent songs from our host Daniel who uh, he's doing it in his drag character Vinegar Strokes Um, he was just in Jamie yeah absolutely and he's brilliant and he's hosting the whole evening so it's uh, you get numbers from him too so Mm -hmm. and you've got like Scott Page you've got an amazing cast in the cast Bronte Barbe she's brilliant yeah Yeah. such 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 a strong cast I was at home talking to my wife earlier and I was like these these other guys are just insane it's it's such a pleasure to work with them all we also have four incredible incredible dancers from Arts Ed who are just about to graduate Ah, Um, so with this whole MT Fest I think correct me if I'm wrong um, it's obviously been a cast full of singer actors that come and have to a 12 hours rehearsal Mm -hmm. and go go on and do it but we've also um, been slogging these four um, almost graduates um, to come on and do fantastic dance routines as well behind behind these amazing um, Eurovision-esque style songs and they're epic they literally throw themselves around honestly the, the, the stuff they have to do is yeah. you kind of go is this a workshop or a full scale they're I know, brilliant that's how, they're I think that's, so good we, we kind of like go into our rehearsal thinking yeah this is what we're looking at and then we go into like a room with them and we think <gasps> Oh yeah. my god! It, it, it feels a bit more a bit more full scale than than what we have kind of anticipated because yeah. of how good they they are. So um, credit to them. There's credit splits to them. on the floor. There's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is part of the season here at the Turbine MT Fest, and obviously it's all about celebrating new work and getting kind of giving new people and new sh- new material the chance to be seen by audiences. It's really exciting, right? To kind of come along to the theatre and see something that's still like a work in progress. Yeah, 100%. but is that is that uh, for you guys? Is that is it scary? Is it exciting? Like it's everything. I think to me, I've never done anything like this before. It's always been a lo- quite a long rehearsal period, and you go on and you feel very prepped and ready to do so. Um, so I'm finding it equally exciting and, and scary, you know, yeah, terrifying yeah. because never done anything. However, it's so great to work in a theatre like this and get thrown on and do something with incredibly talented people, mm. and I am equally very excited. So. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't get my head around the 12 hours. I mean, you're like, you're, it's, it's lunchtime and you're in tech already. Like. I know. <laughs> and we've not actually done a full run yet. We've kind of, the way we've worked so far, because we've, you know, you have three, four hour rehearsals and um, we've kind of d- divided and conquered. So, you know, we were in one room with Callum, our choreographer, then mm-hmm. other people in another room with our director. And you, you 
you know, we haven't actually seen it all pieced together. So that's what today's about, which will be really exciting. Um, so, yeah. And I guess, will that. it kind of, do you think it'll be kind of like tweaked? And how does it work like during the week? Because you've got, you've got like three days of performances. I right, imagine so. today, I think everything's kind of been kept as was, but I imagine today they'll be tweaking where we realise you know, once once things to come mm. together, actually that doesn't work, or mm-hmm. I've got time to get off and come back on for that, and things like that. That'll be today, I think. Mm-hmm. And what I love, we've got an Alphabet, we've got an Aladdin, but also also Fiero. <laughs> um, so, what's when you're coming out of these like massive shows, you're taking on these like massive roles. I guess in some ways it's opening up like lots of doors and new opportunities, but then also everyone's kind of like, what, what are they going to do next? What's going to happen next? So do you feel, you know, wh- when you're choosing projects and you come and do something like this, is this a chance to like kind of unleash and get creative? And Exactly that. Yeah, I mean, you know, big shows like Aladdin, Wicked, they are fantastic, but they work exactly as they are. You know, they're, they're well, well-oiled machines that have, you know, had successful runs in on Broadway and, and they kind of work as they work. So there's not loads of, like, tweaking room, really. Um, mm. Whereas stuff like this, you can absolutely have your input as an actor and get really, really quite creative. And we've been lucky with our team because they've kind of been really open to any suggestions we've made. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very different in that respect and, mm. and really enjoyable. It must be um, also nice not having to worry about doing eight shows a week. I don't know what's less stressful, though. 12 hours rehearsal and four shows or yeah. all the rehearsal in the world and a year's contract. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I, everything They're quite that big songs said, for all of us as well. They're right you oh know, at the top of all of our I've range. said, thankfully, you know, it's only four shows yeah. because I'm not sure they... Um, I mean, that's you're like hardcore belting, both Oh, yeah. Massively, Scre- yeah. Screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squelting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you both... Tell me about how you both individually felt when you came... Like to the end of Alpha, to the end of Aladdin, because like I said, that is a big, it's like a big part of your life, right? And it's a big deal and mm. it's a big it's, journey. It's really interesting that you ask this because Matt and I actually had a big conversation about it on the way to the tube the other day. I should have um, been there. Been there. You should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, we, we both kind of agreed that we felt so lucky and had the most wonderful time. But once you're at the end, and particularly Matt, he, you did it for three years, right? Almost, um, yeah, um, almost three years. You know, um, and I was 15 months on the road as Alphabet, and you, you get to the end and you're, you know, absolutely broken and exhausted. Um, but for brilliant reasons, you know, it's because you've been given a wonderful opportunity to play a wonderful role. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of, you're ready to sleep for a few weeks and <laughs> rest and, yeah, re- recharge and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. When I when I finished um, in Aladdin, for me, that was, um, and I said this in all other interviews, with, with that was to do with Aladdin. It was a massive, massive dream come true yeah. from being like five years old, not kind of going to college and training and mm-hmm. being exposed to other shows and thinking, oh, I want to be Fiero one day or I want to be um, in Les Mis or, you know, these other iconic shows. For me, I always dreamt that Aladdin would be a musical one day and then it was and then I, I was Aladdin and then it lasted almost three years and when that finished, it was like... I honestly even feel now sat here did that even happen mm. Mm. I mean everything that Amy said about the actual real, the, the realistic thing of it of the eight shows a week and all of that oh my god I, I, I used to kind of go to work with my eyes closed sometimes and have to just switch it on when you get there which you know for good reasons um, but now it's just kind of like looking back and I'm sure you're the same like oh my god 
that happened and yeah. how lucky was I to even just do that who, who, whatever's next I mean we're here doing Eurobeat which is fantastic and after this who knows but I'll, I'll just forever be grateful that Aladdin happened because that was the massive massive dream so absolutely I think it's also cool to when I was running my summer frame before your both people have been like aware of I think we did an interview when you were doing Singing in the Rain and that was like oh my first, god that was like your first lead role yeah, and the Bolton like, Octagon yeah and yeah. you were like, on the phone like in oh is that you oh wow <laughs> yeah and um and that was like a big, that was a big deal. That like was a massive deal role. as well, yeah. And again, I remember like seeing like Sunny Afternoon and seeing yeah. again and seeing like and then Kinky Boots and then yeah. to then, so I, are you both people who are kind of like always like wanting to play that lead role, wanting to work your way up or does it, sometimes is that just how it, how it works out? Oh my goodness, I don't think that's, for me that's not how it worked out at all because I trained at um, Lane Theatre Arts which was amazing and I left and went and did lots of West End shows in the ensemble, dancing around and loving life. However, I was seeing you in Greece. Like, I was in Greece and, life, and then yeah. I did Wicked before, the, the, um, yeah. I did the Fiera thing and I was a flying monkey, um, yeah, yeah. flying around and doing all that and it was great but I always knew that I, always knew that I it was the parts and the roles I wanted to play so I had it was a, it was kind of like a, you know I've really got to prove myself to these casting directors and directors out there that I can that I can do that as well so when, so like I said Aladdin happened and that was kind of like ah I've done it so now I'm like well oh god I don't know what's next but just keep going I guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. of course very similar for me I mean I, I, I sort of understudied and did ensemble stuff for a long time and absolutely loved it you know loved it um, but it was kind of when I was on for my understudies and you know, having loads more text to work with and lots more material to play around with. And I really, that made me tick, you know, more than anything. And I knew that, okay, at some point it wasn't going to be enough for me to, to kind of not be doing that every night because also when you're understudying, you sometimes never really get a long enough run to really play. Um, whereas when, when the role is yours for, you know, sometimes a year, three years, you, you can play around and, and you know see what works for one audience one night what does it and it's just it's so it's thrilling and um, yeah so I, I really did want that for myself I never expected it I think it's a lot to expect anything in this industry but um, I knew I, I wanted it and I was going to work my hardest to, to get that so yeah mm-hmm. thank, thank you so much for taking some time out of your crazy tech like slash opening night day good luck with the show thank you so much i can't wait to hear all about it and we need to do like proper full-length episodes soon with you both you're both amazing thank Thank you so much so nice to see you Thank you so much to Matt and Amy. It was so lovely to chat to them. You can see Eurobeat at the Turbine Theatre until literally tomorrow, Wednesday, the 12th of February. So drop your plans, go tonight or go tomorrow. But NT Fest continues through till this Saturday, the 15th of February. So go onto the Turbine Theatre's social pages and check out what else you can go and see and support some new writing. Your writing Absolutely. is good, right? Um, I'm back with Jodie Jacobs. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, this is the part of the show we talk about, well, we geek out about... Broadway, which we've already been talking about. <laughs> um, the Oscars obviously just happened over the weekend. Have you seen any have you seen any of the clips of like Cynthia Revo performing? I haven't. It was last night, wasn't it? It was. I was yeah. Asleep. Oh my gosh! I woke up to <laughs> just go onto YouTube and watch. I know. It I sh- I'll be honest with you. This week, I've been looking after my niece because it, it was my niece and nephew. How old's your niece? My niece is three, and my nephew turned one. So I've been looking after him this week, and we've been partying. And um, <laughs> uh, earlier this week, I got bounced off of a trampoline like a 
proper you've been framed video and I'm still in recovery and when I've been on so many painkillers oh so when I've gosh. been sleeping I've been sleeping there was no staying up to watch the the Oscars <laughs> last night I was out I well, was later today up. when you have 5 minutes <laughs> when you're on the toilet and you're flat, <laughs> Which I do often, yeah. Um, go on to YouTube. Watch Cynthia Revo. Yeah. She performed a song that she co-wrote for Harriet, which she obviously starred in as yeah. well, called Stand Up. And it's an incredible performance. It's a really... I actually found it really moving. I'd only heard the song once, and I liked it, but then I watched this performance of it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible song. Did I'm you, now obsessed. Did you ever see Umbrellas of Sherbrooke? I did not. Me and my best friend Ralph went to see it. I this mean, was her West End debut, wasn't she, it? It was... Chris Jenkins was in it. He was, I literally remember him. It was before me and him were pals. And it was, I loved that show so much. It was so moving. He ran for like a month or two yeah. months or something. It was Carly Borden. Yes. Astonishing. And I remember Cynthia and we, and we remember, I just, it was, it was, it was breathtaking. And we, we use hyperbole a lot in our industry. It was mm. breathtaking. I'll still remember it to this day. And I know that she, in, we were talking about this earlier today. A, fr- a friend of mine, in eight years, she's gone from a, a small part in something like Umbrellas to being an Oscar nominee. That's astonishing. Doubled. She was nominated for two awards. It's astonishing. Incredible. And she didn't win, but that doesn't matter. She was on That's that platform. That doesn't mean anything. And she just, I mean, it's so inspiring, isn't it? It's amazing. See, we were she looked amazing as well. I have seen the pictures. of. Yeah, she looks incredible. Yeah. Also, Dina Manzel was there smashing life. Oh, giving yeah, they it, did a big Frozen thing, Giving it they? into the unknown. And this time she was joined by nine other alphabets. No, not, they were, it was oh, Elsa's. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of them have Different played magical being. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you're here to keep on the straight and narrow. Nine other elves. <laughs> um, and they all performed into your name. So she started with the first person chorus and then they all came on. Some of them got a really like tiny bit to do and I was like blessed. Who them. cares? You're at the Oscars. Like Villemine Kike, like, you know, she's got the I biggest know, voice. Right? She literally did the tiniest little yeah, bit. But I remember seeing Villemine do her thing and then going to see um, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. She basically had a speaking role, okay. which I also I love that show. But uh, you'd I mean, be you'd be funny. I, I loved that. I got, there's a long story behind that, but I loved 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 that show. But she had she had a, but you know she's she also she's just been playing Miss Hannigan in Germany or somewhere. But she's about to. I think she's she doesn't about need to, to prove do, anything um, to us. She's about to do waitress. She's about to she play general waitress. She doesn't need to prove nothing to no. us. But she's at the Oscars where she belongs. And why not? Lisa Stokes, who's a kind of she was the original Sophie Mamma Mia. She's like the Norwegian Elsa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that. I'm so glad they got all those other girls to come and to perform it's together. Cool, and Adina's now like second performance at the Oscars. She's like, I've got this. Um, so that was fierce. Other exciting news is about Jeremy Jordan so he is taking over as Seymour in the off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors from the 17th of March succeeding Gideon Glick and Jonathan Groff in the role so this is exciting you love do you love Little Shop I do you did it you did you cover did you cover Sheridan Smith in I it? did yeah, yeah when it was that came into town it was I did a double so I was in Evita and that at the same time what oh you, you were like rehearsing for one no 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 I was in Evita and the Little Shop at the same time okay explain this to me <laughs> so it was like contractually to- yeah it was towards the end of my contract at Evita at the Adelphi and I got the job were you an on stage cover in Evita were you off stage no no I was, I was ensemble you were ensemble yeah yeah so I was ensemble and I was first cover there was an alternate and contractually the 
the I think it went something. I had a different agent back then, so if I'm wrong, someone shout at me. But from what I remember, because it was many years ago, uh, as if they if Little Shop of Horrors needed me at the Duke of York's, as long as they told me before the half at Evita, I was allowed to go over and do it. Unless I had to go on as Ava, that was contractually that took precedence. Right. But it never happened. Um, I never had to do either. But like on paper, I was in two West End shows at the same time. So I'm not the I'm not the first person that's happened to. Um, I think uh, uh, Glyn Kersake, I think was in both Martin Gare and Miss Saigon at the same time. And I also want to say maybe it's happened to Rhea Jones. Maria Coyne was here a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying when she was stand by Glinda, she was also then on standby for Christine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the set at the same time. That's so it does cool. happen, but it, that was many years ago and that was, you know, back in the day when you were young and slim and blonde. <laughs> well, what I love about this story with Jeremy is that he had some criticism. Someone wrote an article on a blog mm-hmm. saying that he was not suitable for the role because he's too attractive and the whole point is that Seymour isn't supposed to be attractive. And Jeremy responded in the most sensational way by like, putting up four selfies of him <laughs> putting like stupid faces and he said, this is my official response. And it was like him with his <laughs> it's tongue It's so out, silly, isn't it? Cross-eyed. But everyone's going to have an opinion on everything forever and ever, amen. And because of social media and our access to it, we all know what everyone thinks all the time. But, but I'm all for that. I'm all for the comical response, laughing no. off and then cracking on with your life. And I am personally very pleased because now it's extended. So it means that I can go to I can go to New York and I can go and see Jeremy and this a production because I love Little Shop. I'm excited to see this show. Um, I cannot believe you've come to the end of this. <gasps> I feel like we just started. I feel like we've, I literally just sat down. This is like to be continued. TBC. I love, you're honestly one of my favourite people I've to interview. I've been really interview. boring today. No, you haven't. I have, you been, and I did that thing where before rewind I Rewind no, and think about listen, what you've been talking no, about. No, seriously, because like, you come in and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I know it's recorded and then you can go back and I can do other things. And But then I just thought, just, just don't, don't stop checking yourself. But I do this all the time to myself. I do it at home. Sometimes I get off the phone and say to my partner, did I sound rude? Did I sound boring? Was I unkind? Was that too much? Was I too much? Was I too little? And he looks at me and then just turns back to playing computer games. You know, my, I, I, the first time <laughs> we met properly was when you were doing Legally at the Gatehouse. Uh-huh. And I came and remember we were doing the interview in the auditorium and we, we overran yeah. and we got kicked out. We had to go to the bar and Probably carry on. And then we did another interview in the Costa over the road here. And that yeah. was when I was closing West Ham Frame. I, mean, I was I, having my midlife crisis. Well, when I re- was checking our arrangements for today, I saw the messages from that. <laughs> when you were having your midlife crisis, you're nine. <laughs> I was, you know. You're added, allowed. You can added. have it whenever you like. Exactly. And I can have another one if I want to. You can have it now. Don't have it now. <laughs> but if you do have it now, I, I'm, I now have some experience to help you through it. Well, before I have <laughs> my crisis, I have a present for you. What? I'm saying for you. Of course, you're not getting my empty handed. Oh my god, but it's sealed and. I think it's. Yeah, you can rip it off. I like. It's like Hanukkah! (laughs) Oh, look! All at once. A long overdue. Oh, I love it. What is it? it. It's a mug and it says West End Frame. (laughs) I love it. Thank oh, come you with me. so much. Where can people find you on social media? Because you're the best handle oh, ever. Show Joe. Show underscore Joe. But I never use it anymore. And my sister goes nuts at me. She says, you've got to. But I, I, I don't. And then when I do, like the last couple of weeks, I get angry about things. And then I feel bad about hurting people's feelings. And then I have to keep telling myself that I'm allowed my opinion as well. It's just too much. Mm. It's too much. I get that. There's a lot of noise and a lot of yeah, and it doesn't. And people it, telling you how you should be feeling. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be the kind of person who creates the kind of content that's going to get me enough followers to for casting directors to be interested in me. I'm going to have to do that myself. <laughs> so it just seems it, I, I don't engage with it in, on, on a level where I, I enjoy it anymore. I now find it just very stressful. It's worth it for that you have good bands to a Sabrina unaware sometimes. That's like we, we should see what we talk about. That's enjoyable. On our texts instead of <laughs> oh, right. the stuff in, in private is... <laughs> In fact, yeah, don't. Yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> um, and I can't wait until June time when you're ready to do another job because that will be there, front and centre. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> My agent's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West Ham Frame Show. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, it'd be amazing if you could leave a little rating, maybe write a little review. Don't tell them how boring I was. <laughs> Um, and you make sure you also check out our other interviews podcast in the frame. I'll be back next week for another stagey catch up. Stagey catch up. Mm-hmm.